0: Okay, so, if you have a Bible with you, please open up uh, to the Gospel of John chapter 10. Um, I have been preaching a series of messages on the church's ethos and values, um, and we'll get back to that next week um, with a look at destiny. But today, as is my custom, I want to kick off the new year with a... uh, A New Year's message sharing some prophetic insights that the Lord had given me uh, to share with you um, for this year. You may want to take notes uh, if you can. Um, If not, when I post this message online, I'll also post the sermon notes with it uh, for those of you who don't want to write stuff down now. And that will be on the church's website, CharlottetownVineyard.com, but also my personal website, uh, thomasawackie.com. Okay. I have a ton to share, so let's just jump right in with it. As I sought the Lord about this coming year, I, I had a sense that the Lord was telling me that 2017 is personal. That the things he had to share were not regional, they weren't national, they weren't international. They were personal. I felt It was very relational, very personal between um, between God and you. I felt like this stuff... He wants me to share with you that it's for me, it's for you, it's for your family, it's for your community. And so I asked the Lord some questions, and, and he answered my questions I'll share with you. I asked the Lord, what's the, what's the chapter, what, what's the Bible chapter for 2017? He told me John chapter 10. And so I encourage you in the coming year, if you're looking for a place to, to park, to land, if you're looking for something to read or study or meditate on, spend some time in the Gospel of John chapter 10. Read it. Meditate on it. Study it. And then pray the truths that are in that chapter. Pray them back to God. Let them be part of your communication with him. And this was a sense I had from, from the Lord. That if the Bible were a treasure map for 2017, uh, John chapter 10 is the X that marks the spot for where the treasure will be. And so uh, for each of you, I think you're going to find some A buried treasure from some spiritual treasure in John chapter 10. So dig there. Dig often and dig deep into that text. I'll give you a little nugget. This is just what jumped out to me. In John chapter 10, verses 11 and 14, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Man, you can just just park right on that phrase. That he is the good shepherd. That he is right now, present tense. In your life, the Good Shepherd. He is the Good Shepherd. Not that He was the Good Shepherd or He's going to be the Good Shepherd. Right now, He is the Good Shepherd to you. That He is the Good Shepherd of all shepherds. Even of all good shepherds. He is the Good Shepherd of all good shepherds. You could trust Him. That He is the Good Shepherd that he's always good and that his goodness never wavers and that his goodness is not dependent upon your current circumstances. He's still good. He's always a good shepherd. You may be a sheep that has wandered into some thorn bush and he wants you to know he's still the good shepherd. He'll get you out of that mess because that's what good shepherds do. He's always good. His goodness never wavers. He's never anything but the good shepherd. He's never the bad shepherd. God doesn't play good cop, bad cop with us. You know, The father isn't the bad cop and Jesus isn't the good cop. He's all good all the time. He's the good shepherd. He's the shepherd who loves you. He's the shepherd who loves his sheep enough to lay down his life for them. He's given his very life for you. Listen to me. X marks the spot on John chapter 10. Dig deep. I felt like the theme for 2017 is this. It's listen. It's what uh, what Angie just prayed for the kids. God is always speaking. He's always speaking. Over my years as a pastor, I've discovered that sadly few believers listen. Some don't even know that they can hear his voice but he's always listening. He's like the radio. There's always broadcasting going on. Sometimes our radio's on. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's tuned in. (laughs) Sometimes it's kind of staticky. But listen, he is always broadcasting. He's always speaking. I felt like a theme for this coming year, personally, is to listen. 2017 would be a very good idea to turn on your spiritual radio to tune in and to listen. I think God has much to say to each of us, not just the things I'm sharing with you tonight. I think he has personal things he has to say to you about your life, about your family, about his calling and destiny for your life. And I think especially he wants to communicate his heart toward you. Now God can and he will speak through others for you and about you. But in 2017, I believe that he wants to speak directly to you. So I encourage you to listen for the voice of God in 2017. To that end, I I was inspired and I asked, Lord, okay, what's the verse of the year? And I got John chapter 10, verse 27. This is exactly what Angie prayed for the kids. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. We're his sheep. We're sheep. And he speaks to us, and so we need to be listening for his voice. It's always important to listen to God's voice. I think it's very important for you to listen to God for yourself in this coming year. John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard, once said that the Christian life is as easy and as difficult as this. Listen and obey. I think 2017 echoes the words of Jesus in John 10, 27. Listen and follow. Listen for his voice. And follow where he leads. Many of you are facing big decisions right now. Many of you will need divine guidance in the months to come. Listen to his voice. He knows all about you. He knows all about everything that you're facing. He will direct you. And I encourage you to follow his lead. And that following begins with this. It begins with listening. God can speak to you. At any time and under any circumstances. Have you anybody here ever had the experience where you're actually annoyed with God and you'd rather not listen and his voice is coming through loud and clear and you hear him anyway, right? I, I, I've told you this story before. This one night I'm laying in bed. It's like, I don't know, 1.30 in the morning, maybe, maybe deeper into the morning. And I wake up and I have this sense that God wants to speak to me, that he wants me to get up. And that he'll speak to me. And so I resisted for like a half an hour. I was in my comfy spot, you know. I was blankets and nice and toasty, warm. My wife's next to me. I don't want to be anywhere but where I was. But it was almost like he just kept poking me. Got to get up and talk. And so finally I get up. But I'm not a happy camper. I wish I could tell you I'm holy. Oh, yes, Lord. Your servant is listening. I get up. I said, you know, you could speak to me in the daytime if you wanted to. That's what I told him. And this is what he told me. He said, and if you paid attention, I would. Oh. <laughs> so he spoke to me that night, and even, I can't even say like, I was in the mood to hear from God. I would rather have been asleep, but he spoke. He can speak to you at any time and under any circumstances. Yet, I have found it helpful to set a time aside, to set aside time, <laughs> where I can offer to him my undivided attention. Yes, <laughs> set time aside, yeah. So I encourage you, you may find it beneficial, fruitful, to set aside time where you can offer God your undivided attention. Nadine and I work together a lot, and we very much enjoy one another's company. All that being said, if I plan a date night where it's just her and I, and I give her my full undivided attention, she really enjoys that. You know, That's my sense for you and God in this coming year. Um, listen, give him some undivided time. I asked God what the color was for the year. You guys, Most of you guys have taken the classes I'm taught on dreams and visions, and there's significance to color. Of course there's significance to color. If there weren't significance to color, we would live in a grayscale world. Color wasn't necessary. Color was God's idea. And so I said, okay, God, since the rainbow was God's idea. So I said, Lord, what's the color for the year? And my sense was that he said it was brown. And I know from the classes I teach on dream interpretation and metaphorics, uh, that the color brown means compassion. And I felt like the Lord was saying that 2017 will be a year of compassion. The giving and receiving of compassion between people and between us and God. In Matthew chapter 9 verse 36 It says, when he, Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. The good shepherd has compassion on his sheep and on the shepherdless sheep. I like to study ancient Hebrew from time to time. There's a great website, uh, ancient-hebrew.org. And it defines compassion from ancient Hebrew this way. To have a feeling of deep sympathy from the depths of your being and sorrow for another who is stricken by misfortune accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate the suffering. Now, ancient Hebrew is a pictorial language. And those are the symbols in ancient Hebrew that spell out the word uh, compassion. The first one, the wavy line, is water. And it means chaos, almighty, or blood. The second one, it kind of looks like a little ladder, that's actually a tent wall. And it means, uh, it means either inside or outside. It could be to divide in half or to hide. And the third picture is the head of a man, meaning the first or the top. And so reading from right to left this pictorial language, this is what compassion means. It means God the Father bringing you into his tent or covering to protect you with his power from the chaos. That's what compassion is. God welcoming you under the protection of his tent to protect you from the chaos. That's compassion. If you're living in chaos, if you're outside in a storm and someone lets you in their house, that's compassion. Compassion. That's what, God, that's what God does for you. That's what God's doing in Matthew chapter nine, as He extends compassion to sheep without shepherd. Jesus uses the same word from Matthew 9:36 in Luke 15:20 when he describes the heavenly Father to us in the story of the prodigal Son. Verse 20 says this, Luke 15. So he got up and went to his father while he was still a long way off his father saw him and was filled with what compassion for him he ran to his son threw his arms around him and kissed him god our father sees us well we're still a far way off and is it, does he have contempt for us is there disdain for us is he has accusations or judgments against us no the The story of the prodigal son, Jesus, is describing the father to us. Well, we're still a far way off. He didn't have his act together. He was a mess. He'd been living among pigs, and the Pigs. pigs were eating better. Well, the son was still a far way off. The father had compassion on him, ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. God the Father sees us while we're still a far way off and filled with compassion with this feeling of deep sympathy from the depths of his divine being and sorrow for us who have been stricken by misfortune, accompanied by his strong desire to alleviate our suffering. God the Father runs to us, throws his arms around us, and he kisses us. He brings us into his tent, into his arms, and he protects us with his mighty love. That's the compassion of God the Father toward us in this coming year. And it's the ultimate picture of compassion that we have to share with one another. That's our standard. Ain't that awesome? And all, all that because I asked God the question, what's the color of the year? That's the first thing I asked him. He said brown. Honestly, brown's not my favorite color. If I was going to pick a color for the year, there's a really good chance it would be red or blue. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) He said, brown. I said, okay, God, speak to me about brown. That's what he gave me. I love that ancient Hebrew picture. I said, Lord, what's the number of the year? He gave me the number 10. I wish I could tell you it was a lot of wubble-wubble, really mystical kind of thing. I just looked at 2017, added up the three numbers. I got 10. He said, 10. So he told me. Ten is the number of the year. And again, from my teaching on those classes on dream interpretation and visions, ten metaphorically means something. Look, numbers were God's idea also. Numbers were his idea. On the first day, right, he said, let there be light. Right. And then there was day and then there was night. It was the first day. And then there was a second day and a third. Numbers were his idea. I okay, God, what do you want to tell me about 10? I know from the classes I teach that the number 10 means journey. It can mean wilderness and also can represent pastor. I'm pretty sure the pastor thing comes from Jesus being the good shepherd in John chapter 10. And he told me 10 after he told me John 10. I think 2017 for many people is going to be a journey out of the wilderness. It's going to be a journey out of the wilderness, and God will lead you out of the wilderness and into his promises, and he'll do it pastorally like a good shepherd with the heart of a loving father. The same Greek word used in John 10, verses 11 and 14, translated shepherd, that he is the good shepherd, could also be translated pastor. It's the same word in the Greek. So I encourage you, This is out of my experience of trying to live a prophetic life, following as the Spirit leads. I encourage you to look for the number ten this year. I think just by seeing the number, God will encourage you. He'll He'll speak to you in the moment. Don't be surprised if you see it on the side of a truck or a license plate or an address or the time. And God will be telling you that He's with you, that He's guiding you and directing you out of the wilderness. On this spiritual journey to your destiny. You'll see the number and it'll stop you from doing bad things. Like, oh, God's here with me. <sighs> see the number 10. <sighs> Come on, that happens. <laughs> Want to do bad things, he stops. I've had God stop me in my tracks from wanting the sin so I could go do ministry. I'm like, are you kidding me? You're going to use me right now to help somebody? I have bad intentions in my heart. He does it. So number 10, it'll stop you in your tracks. You'll see, you're like, oh man, that's God. And it'll guide you and direct you. Which way should I go? Oh, I see a number 10 over there. I think I'll go that way. So I think 10 is the number for the year. I think he'll use it as a personal sign to you, the number 10, to encourage you, to guide you, to give you hope, and mostly of this, to remind you of his presence. Why? Because I'm telling you tonight that that's what's going to happen. So speaking of our pastoral good shepherd leading us in the wilderness, consider Psalm 23. For a moment, close your eyes and just listen to the words of this profound psalm. And as you listen to it, see if a phrase from the psalm captures your heart. Yeah, Angie's song that we sang in worship tonight. Is based on Psalm 23. I didn't know that. So listen to the words of the psalm and see if the Holy Spirit captures your heart with one of the phrases. And if he does, then hold on to it, okay? Speak to your people, Lord. This is what the psalm says. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes. He refreshes my soul. I know which phrase stuck out (laughs) the (laughs) heart. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths. For his namesake. My cup overflows. Surely, your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Jesus. So hold on to that phrase. Whatever whatever resonated with you, whatever gave you that (gasps) moment, that aha moment, Write it down. Keep it with you. Let it be a constant reminder of God's heart toward you in this coming year. So I asked the Lord, what's, what's the key word for the year, Lord? What's the key word? What's the key phrase? And this is what he told me, that the key word is relationship. And that the key phrase for 2017 is that it's all about relationship. Guys, it is all about relationship. Vertical relationships and horizontal relationships. Everything is about relationship. Everything, everything, absolutely everything is about relationships. Family, neighbors, church, work, school, everything. So take care in this coming year which voices you listen to. I believe that God has much to say to you in 2017. But so does the enemy. We're going to be careful just to what station we tune our radio. For this reason. Because we'll follow the voice that we listen to. We will. We'll follow the voice that we listen to. The heart of God for you is to cultivate healthy, life-giving relationship between you and him. And then from that, between you and others. The enemy's plan is just the opposite. His plan is to divide and conquer, to drive a wedge between you and God. God isn't good. God isn't trustworthy. Look at this. Look at that. Just like he did with Eve in the garden. Hath God said drive that wedge of doubt, destroy trust between you and God. the enemy's plan is to divide and conquer to isolate you from all others don't let them do it don't let them drive a wedge between you and God or between you and others listen to the voice of God and strengthen the relationships cultivate a garden of relationships in your life pull out the weeds <laughs> do some trimming do some pruning water where things need to be watered, and life will grow. It's all it's all about relationship. It's all about relationship. Vertical with God, horizontal with one another. Kind of how it works for me is after I've been talking with God for a little while, asking him questions and hearing answers, then he just begins to speak. I don't really have to ask questions anymore. It's like the Prophetic pump is primed and it just starts flowing. And that's what kind of happened at this point. He began to speak to me about the four seasons of the coming year. He told me that winter will be a time of rest. A time to think and to dream and to imagine and ponder. The winter is going to be a time to talk to God about the coming year. That spring will be a, a time of new beginnings. A time to put the dreams dreamed in the winter Put some of those dreams into action. It'll be a time to come out of the darkness. Spring is going to be a time to take risks, to take actions inspired by your trust in God. Trust that's been developed in those times of listening for his voice. He said that summer would be a time of celebration, a time to celebrate God, a time to celebrate one another, a time where god wants to celebrate you who you are and what he's doing in your life and that fall would be a time of blessing a time to truly reap for all you've sown in previous seasons a time to draw a time of drawing near with family and close friends so it'll be a time of blessing and so the four seasons winter spring summer and fall will be a season of rest of new beginnings a celebration, and a blessings. And then I did something I'd never done before. I asked the Lord to give me 12 pictures for the coming year. A friend of mine in the past year had told me that they had sought the Lord and asked God to speak to them for each month. And God did. And as the year went along, sometimes not quite as they expected, but God, those, what God said in the beginning of the year played out as true in the coming Month and I kind of stuck them. I said, Lord, give me twelve pictures for the next twelve months, one for each month that are coming in." This is what I saw. I got pictures that kind of correlate closely with what I saw each month. So in in January, I saw a Jack in the Box springing open. I felt like God was saying that it meant childlike surprises are coming your way in January. But I also felt it it, it had like two sides to it. The other was this the whole pop goes to weasel, right? That weasels will be exposed in January. Most of us have somebody in our life that's like, as soon as I said that, yep, I know who that is. I know who that weasel is, right? But I think there's going to be positive childlike surprises. But I also think that some weasel that you've been dealing with, it's going to go pop. So there'll be pleasant, fun, childlike surprises. And somebody, I think it's a person in our lives, a weasel who will be exposed and then pop be disposed. January, February, maybe it's because my birthday's in February, but the picture I saw was someone blowing out the candles on a birthday cake. I felt like that February is a time to make a wish that God is celebrating you and listening to the desires of your heart. If we delight in him, scripture says, right? He'll give us the desires of our heart. So in February, close your eyes. Breathe in deeply. Dream, God-sized dreams, in the front of in the month of February. And let your heart's desire, your wish, be known to God. March in March, I saw the legs of an army. They were rising up and marching forward together. I felt like March is going to be a time to come together, to take a stand, to rise up, and to march forth as one. And that there would be great power in March. There will be great power in unity. Pay close attention to the date of March 4th, 2017. It's a Saturday. I think that it's a day, you know, play on words, of a marching forth. That March of the 4th, that Saturday in 2017, will be a date to actually march 4th. I think God will be speaking in that day. For April, I had a play on words. April is a time to make an appeal. An appeal means to make a serious or urgent request, typically uh, to the public, or to apply to a higher court for the reversal of a decision of a lower court. That's an appeal. I believe that both apply. I believe that intercession is critical in the month of April, and that it would be wise to make a public appeal uh, to heaven, that these appeals precede justice. That the appeal to heaven heaven, will, be, will precede justice and that there's divine justice coming for injustices suffered. Is there anyone here who hasn't suffered injustice? I think the appeals that we make in April will pave the way for divine justice to come for the injustices that we've suffered. In May I see open doors for May. The appeals of April will lead to open doors in May. Doors that have been locked and closed will now be unlocked and open. Doors of invitation, doors of opportunity, doors of access. I believe that doors can metaphorically represent favor, that there'll be favor where favor hadn't existed before. There'll be favor on earth and favor with heaven, favor with men and favor with God. For June, I saw and heard wedding bells. I believe God will be speaking as the bridegroom to his bride. Expect intimate communication between you and God in June. Tend to loving what I like to call pillow talk with God. Right? When Nadine and I, we have pillow talk, it's just for her and me. That's not a conversation for anyone else. Right? I've used this analogy before when the kids were little. If Nadine and I were lying in bed and... We're just talking. Just pillow talk. Her head's on her pillow, my head's on my pillow. And we're sharing personal things between the two of us. Even when my kid, if my kids came in the room in that moment, you know what we did? Sat up in bed. And we paid attention to the kids, wouldn't you? Right? You're in the middle of pillow talk. The kids walk in, you stop the pillow talk, and you pay attention to whatever the kids want. Kids are like, are like the gifts of the Spirit. I love the gifts. But when there's pillow talk between you and God going on, You don't want kids in the room. When there's pillow talk between me and Aideen, we prefer the bedroom door be locked and they stay outside. I love my kids. I love my kids. I love my wife more. I love my kids. When there's pillow talk between you and God, too much information? (laughs) When there's pillow talk between you and God, you don't even want the gifts of the Spirit to get in the way because nothing is as valuable or as precious as that intimate communication between you and him. I believe in June, God will speak to us as the bridegroom speaks to his bride. It's not a time for public or corporate communication. It's a time for loving, tender, heart-to-heart, one-on-one communication between you and God. I believe that God will be speaking to you about you and probably about yours and his relationship in the month of June, and he'll do it as a bridegroom does to his bride. I, I saw that in July. I see, um, I see change coming in July. Now it's easy to prophesy change. Any prophet that you pay attention to or listen to, anywhere, somewhere in their message, they're going to talk about change. That's easy to do. But I felt like in the month of July, there's going to be a 90 degree turn to the left. That's what I saw, a, a sharp 90 degree turn to the left. So I think it's a it's a sudden and abrupt change, and I think the left side again from my. Teaching on dreams and visions, the left speaks to destiny. There will be a a turn, a change of direction toward destiny for people in July. Now, I think it's very important to pay attention in July. This sharp and dramatic turn is going to come suddenly. And unless we listen, unless we pay attention... What can happen to us sometimes is God turns. We're walking along with him. Everything's good. Keeping a step with the Spirit. Hey, this is great. I feel like I'm in sync with God. Awesome. God turns to the left, but I'm, but I'm in my rhythm. You know? I'm, I'm going to keep doing what I'm always doing. And suddenly I'm, I'm going and doing based on what I've done before, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, I'm walking by myself. <laughs> what happened here? And God turned to the left, and I just failed to pay attention to the fact and he turned to the left. Um, he'll come and get me if I get lost. You know, the picture I'm reminded of when, I think my son was like three years old. We are at the Bronx Zoo. Huge zoo in New York City. Enormous zoo. And it was crowded. It was like a sea of people. And my son's holding my hand. And Tommy was like 110% boy, right? He was all boy. And he could not possibly be more excited about being in the zoo that day. He thinks this is the greatest thing in the whole world. He's holding my hand. He pulls away from me. I mean, just for a second. He, got, he, he would wiggle and wiggle and wiggle, boom, he got out of my grip. And he takes three steps, and I lose him in the sea of people. Right? I had one mission in mind at that moment, to go find my son. Right? And so I'm just a man. Can you imagine the heart of God toward you? So you wander away from him, and he'll come and get you. We found our son. This is the longest seven seconds of our life, but we found him. So pay attention. God's gonna make some, I think, dramatic changes in July. And um, if you fail to pay attention, then this is what happens. We get confused and we get frustrated. And then we get angry at God. What are you doing? I'm doing what I've always done. I'm walking faithfully down the road and yeah, God said, but I make a change over here. I'm going a different way. Come follow me. Come follow me. Come follow me. I'll make you fishes of men. But there's a my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So he may may make some changes and it's part of us being sheep is that we follow him. I think God's telling us this now so we won't be confused and angry and upset with him later. I see change drastically in July. This is a time where we not just listen to the good shepherd's voice but also follow where he leads. In August, I I sensed another play on words for August that there would be a gust of wind of the Holy Spirit in August. The winds of Pentecost will blow in August. Acts chapter 2, 2 says, Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the house where they were sitting. I think the change of direction in July will position us for the winds of August. Acts chapter 1 Verses 4 to 5 and verses 8 to 9. On one occasion, while they were eating, while he, he, Jesus, was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verses 8 and 9. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And he said, as, and he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and the cloud hid him from their sight. There was a significant change that happened that day, the ascension of Jesus. That was a profound change. They've been walking with, they been they had literally been walking with God for three years. They did amazing things with him. They saw Him transfigured. They saw him die. They saw him rose from the dead. I'm thinking if I'm Peter, James, or John, any of the other guys, I'm thinking, hot dog, we are, this is going to be awesome right now. And then he floats away. Are you kidding me? That was a profound change. But it ushered in the wind of the Holy Spirit. I think significant changes will precede a gust of the Holy Spirit. Now take note, it was the sudden sound of a blowing violent wind from heaven that filled the house. So listen for the sounds of heaven in August. In September, I saw an eagle in flight with snow-covered mountains in the background. I believe that people, especially prophetic people, people with eyes that see, all people, but especially prophetic people, with eyes that see and ears that hear, will be called up higher in September. Revelation 4.1 says this, After this, I looked, and before me, there was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. Isn't it interesting? In this one verse, we see open doors, voices speaking, spiritual experiences in the heavenly realm, divine instruction and direction. It's good that we listen to God, guys. It's good that we listen to him. It's good when doors are open and that we respond to his invitation to come up here. I think there are divine appointments for heavenly experiences in September. I think for many, it will be the very first time they've had experiences like that. So prepare yourself to be stunned and amazed by God. For many, these experiences will foster, for many of you, these experiences will foster profound theological and philosophical paradigm shifts. Let me say that again. For many, these experiences in the heavenly realm will foster profound theological and philosophical paradigm shifts. John Wimber said this, once someone has crossed the line and has experienced, has once someone has crossed the line and had the experience of the Holy Spirit, it alters their paradigm. Now let me say this in an unqualified way. Experience alters theology. Experience alters theology. When God shows up and you experience Him, it changes everything. <laughs> it absolutely changes everything. We, did, we would do these outreaches where we would interpret people's dreams. I had people come, usually as Christian people, from conservative churches, and they're upset that we'd be in a public forum Interpreting dreams for people. Though we were a new age or a cult or whatever. They'd sit down and and almost like challenging me, daring me. Go ahead. Interpret my dream. I did. And I interpret their dream. And the Holy Spirit rocks their world. It shakes them to their core. And their experience with God alters their theology. Oh, maybe God does speak in dreams. I think that the word... I think these experiences in September are going to make Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 very real for a lot of people whose experiences are going to alter their theology. We're going to discover what the prophet Isaiah wrote. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, we all need that once in a while. I think especially for those of us who have been Christians for decades, we need God to show up every once in a while and blow up our God box. We need him to show up and act like God in our midst just so we realize we don't have it all figured out. In October, I see Smashing Pumpkins. is there a band named Smashing Pumpkins? No? Is there? No? Not that. That's not what I see. I see actual pumpkins smashing like on the front porch of a house, jack-o'-lanterns, actually, carved pumpkins, smashing on front porches. And that, you know, God speaks to me in pictures. I saw it, I knew what it meant. I believe that demonic strongholds are going to come down in October. I think it will happen house by house, family by family. Generational strongholds will be defeated. I think emboldened by the voice of God and time in his presence, I see people stepping up and taking hold of that very thing which had been taken hold of them. And boldly saying, no more, not here, not now, not in my house, not in my life. And smashing these strongholds for good on the ground. Matthew eleven twelve 12 says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. I see this over households and families. I see pastors doing this for their churches where they take that stronghold like a pumpkin and they smash it. I think there's even an invitation for this over cities if, if people will come together, if they'll work together. I think freedom is October's cry. Galatians 5.1, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. For the month of November, I saw a picture that was, that was, um, that reminded me of Thanksgiving. I see a family sitting around a large table filled with food. The atmosphere is filled with both deep love and great joy. So I think November is a time of reconciliation and restoration, especially among family members. God will do what we thought was impossible. I think the broken strongholds of October will pave the way for healing in November. Many families will personally experience the words of Malachi, chapter 4, verses 6, that he will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to the parents. Now, I know some of you listen to this now thinking, man, that's impossible. It'll be a God thing. The strongholds break in October. We'll see reconciliation in November. Tables, once empty, will be filled. Hearts, once broken, will be whole. And I feel like there's double portions for everyone. Everything that had been lost will be restored. He can can do that. You know, it's not impossible for him. He can restore every hour, every moment. He can restore every relationship, everything, every dollar, everything that's been lost. It's not beyond him to restore it. And then for the month of December, this was kind of funny for me. I heard the words that you often hear at the end of an infomercial where it says, but wait, there's more. <laughs> and just when we thought things couldn't get any better, I felt like God has more for us in the month of December. That for many, especially for many, the Christmas season, it's a hard time. It's a, it's a time of deep pain. I know some of us celebrate at Christmas time now years as a pastor has taught me that for other people, it's one of the hardest times of year. I feel like God's saying in 2017 that God will be giving out beauty for ashes and joy for morning. And what he has for us in December is beauty for ashes and joy for mourning. Isaiah 61 verses 1 to 3 say this, The spirit of the sovereign Lord is with me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to to the poor and to set me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Oh, man, that's good news. And the oil of joy instead of mourning. A garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Man, I think that those are like diametrically opposed to one another. It's like impossible to be in despair when you're praising God. Right? I mean, you might be in despair in the parking lot. But I man, once worship starts, it's really hard to stay. If you're worshiping it, you're engaged in worship, it's like despair has to go away. It does. Instead of mourning, oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Lord, break the spirit of despair off your people. And they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord, and the display of his splendor. You know what that means? You know what that means? That the very people who are in despair, one moment, you're in this, maybe you're in despair today, maybe you're in despair this week, God's not done with you. By the time he's done with you, this is what he says, they will be called oaks of righteousness Whew. and the planting of the Lord for the display of God's splendor. If you're in despair, in despair over any circumstances in your life, that's for you right here, right now. Lord, so break that spirit of despair, and for those very people suffering under it, Lord, I pray for your glory, for the display of your splendor, so work and move, so set them free, that they will be known far and wide as oaks of righteousness. Do a God-sized thing. And I felt like there would be new gifts in December. Gifts that we don't necessarily or typically pay attention to. I feel like there would be Isaiah 11 verse 2 gifts. What's commonly known is the seven spirits of God. It says in verse 2, chapter 11, The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. These are spiritual manifestations of God's sovereignty, of his wisdom, of his understanding, of his counsel, of his might of his knowledge, and a healthy and true understanding of the fear of the Lord will be distributed as gifts to God's children. Now, please take note. I'm painting with a wide brush, and I'm just telling you the pictures as I've seen it. It's very possible that the specific application may be different from one person to another. And I know I shared a lot, but like I said in the beginning, when I post this online, I'll post my notes also so you can go over it for yourself. And I saw one last thing. Have you been wondering why I've got this baseball picture? as like a backdrop. <laughs> that's, that's not, there was purpose behind it. And the purpose was this. I saw a baseball diamond. And this is what God spoke to me in it. That people are being promoted spiritually. That people who are in, in the minor leagues, A ball, are going to be promoted to double A. That people who have been playing at Double A are going to get promoted to Triple A ball. That people who have been playing at Triple A get promoted to the major leagues. That everybody's moving up a step, and that at each level—A ball, Double A, Triple, or the major (coughs) leagues—excuse me, people will be set in place at each level. You will know your position on the team, and you'll be set in place. And that those who are team players will do very well and experience success together. The training can be very difficult. It can be very hard. But, guys, it's a game to be enjoyed. I really felt like God's saying, why would he give me that picture, right? He could have showed me a corporate structure. could have been business. could have been Legos. Or, I don't know. He could have given me any picture. He showed me baseball. Because he wants it to be fun. He wants you to have fun. It's a game. It's a game. He's going to put you where you fit. He's not going to make you play a position that you don't fit in. If you're a third baseman, you'll play third. If you're a pitcher, you'll pitch. If you like the outfield, he's going to put you in the outfield. You're going to be set in the right place at each level. And it's a game to be enjoyed. God intends it to be fun for you. Lots of fun. So a quick review. 2017 is it's personal. I didn't get anything this year about international affairs or this government or that. I didn't get any of that. Didn't tell, tell, tell me anything about wars or rumors of wars. Maybe I'll speak to you about those things. But this year it's personal. I felt like chapter 10 of John. John 10 is the chapter of the year that listen is the theme that John ten twenty seven is the verse of the year. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I feel like brown representing compassion is the color of the year, and it's God's compassion toward you. That 10 is the number of the year, that there'll be a pastoral journey out of the wilderness for this coming year. That the key word is relationship, and the key phrase is that it's all about relationship, this whole Christian thing. All of Christianity, from God's perspective, is relational. There'll be four seasons to the year. Rest, new beginnings, celebration, and blessings. And for each month of the year, I saw a jack-in-the-box for January. Childlike surprises. Weasel's going to pop. I like that part. February, blowing out candles. Make a wish. God wants to hear what your wish is. March, marching forward together, March 4th, pay attention to that date. April, making an appeal to heaven. The appeals of heaven in April are going to lead to open doors in May. June, I heard wedding bells, intimate communication between us and God. July, a sharp 90 degree turn to the left, toward destiny. August, playing on words a, a gust of wind of the Holy Spirit in August. September, eagles and mountains. There's a call up higher. People have heavenly experiences in September. Smashing pumpkins. Freedom from demonic strongholds in October. I saw families around tables in November where there'll be restoration and reconciliation. December, but wait, there's more. Beauty for ashes and joy for mourning. A release of Isaiah 7. Isaiah 11, two gifts, the seven spirits of God given. And the one more thing, the uh, baseball metaphor. There'll be a time throughout the year of promotions and people being set in positions. Sound good? Let's pray. Oh, God. Lord, you're so good. You're so good to us. I pray, Lord, that what's of you would find good soil in my friend's hearts to land. Lord, if any of what I've shared is more me than you, then just edit it and, I don't know, let it fall to the wayside. But every part that you, Lord, breathe life on it. Lord, I pray for, for the year 2017. Lord, we give you the year. We give you 2017. We give you our lives. Come and have your way with us, oh God. Lord, I personally begin 2017 by praying this stupid prayer one more time. I don't care what it costs. Whatever it takes, oh God, I give you my whole life. Later on, when it's painful, I'm going to whine and say, oh God, don't do this. Don't listen to me then, listen to me now. I'm in my right mind today, Lord. Have your way with me. I invite you to be fully Lord in my life. I trust you. Guide me and direct me, oh God. Save me from my good ideas. (laughs) Rescue me from my opinion. Do the same for my friends. Come and have your way with us in this coming year, O God. Give us ears that hear you like we've never heard you before. Give us eyes to see you like we've never seen you before. O God, you are our good shepherd. You know us. Help us to listen to your voice and follow you like we've never listened before and like we've never followed before. Lord, help us walk more and more closely with you. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.